Join Rowdy and Kyle every Monday and Thursday night for another episode of the Rowdy Magalite Show, sponsored by On Tire Tailgate System. The racing, the big one, the camping, it's all just bigger at Talladega. And with a doubleheader on Saturday and the premiere of the next-gen cars on Sunday, it's just going to keep getting bigger and bigger and bigger. NASCAR's biggest and baddest track is back. The Talladega NASCAR Weekend, April 23rd through the 24th. Get your tickets now at talladegasuperspeedway.com. at the track the hot pass racing network puts you at the track with arca and all the major nascar series from daytona to the final checkered flag the hot pass racing network is your inside pass all right hey it's talladega race weekend you got rowdy maglite i got kyle he's over in blooming grove fairgrounds taking care of that where alex bowman and christopher bell's racing so Kyle's doing some sprint. He's going to call in. But, uh, just here in just a few minutes, I got Thomas Plater calling in, driving number nine, Max Force, and Thomas will be at Talladega Racing this weekend. Also from calling in tonight, I got Bill. Hey, all the way up from Virginia, going to bring us down here and uh, tailgating at Talladega on the boulevard, and he's going to talk to us a little bit about that. But, uh, guys, listen, a couple things. Hey, it's still time to get tickets at the racetrack. All you got to do is 877-GO-TO-DAGA for the GEICO 500. That Sunday ticket, guys, will get you a free concert in the infield. You know, if you said, I always want to go to the infield, buy the Sunday ticket. You get a free concert on uh, Saturday night. They'll bust you in and take you out. You get to walk around, go down the boulevard. You'll get to go down and see Red 38. Uh, Monday night, we had Eric Doe with a Sega party crew. He'll be out. Spoon, tip bar, jar, uh, tip bar, chip jar bar. Let me get this right. Uh, he'll be there all the way over on the other side of East of Boga. Coming out of turn two, you got the Dega Nation. And uh, just once you get through the concert or before the concert, walk by and check their place out. All I've got great places to come and hang out just a minute and see what's going on on the boulevard. We got a pretty good show tonight, guys. I'm waiting on Kyle to be calling in. He's at, like I said, him and his dad at the PA in, in dirt tonight. It's cold, he said, but it's not raining. It was kind of misty earlier, but Kyle's got it, got it happening now. They're they're at the track or he'd be on with us right now. So I just told Kyle just to keep going on. We got plenty to talk about tonight right here with Thomas calling in here in just a minute. The double header guys. You got the Arkham Nards race, which is the general tire two hundred, that starts at twelve o'clock central time. And then after that, the uh, Agro Pro 300, the Xfinity race. It's a double header. It's a great weekend. That is a great race. If you if you don't like the crowds on Sunday, that race right there is the race to go to. But I just buy the two day ticket pass 
Go down, come down to Big Bill's Garage and check us out. I'll be there live for two days, Saturday and Sunday. We're going to do a on one-hour show before the race, and then we're going to do a post-race show. So uh, we got Thomas calling in here in just a minute, starting with our first guest at 6.05. So hopefully we'll have Thomas calling in here in just a minute. Uh, great weekend for the weather. It's uh, going to be absolutely perfect. I'm telling you, you couldn't draw it on a map and put it no better. The temperatures, the high for Saturday or Sunday is 86. Saturday is 85. And the low, I think the low is in perfect sleeping weather, like 56 one night. I think Saturday night may be 60. So you can be out at 3 o'clock in the morning and still have a little short sleeve shirt on, hopefully. <laughs> no big coat. I've had enough for coats for this year. So hey, I'll be at the. Let me let me bring on. Uh, actually, let me bring both of them in. I got Kyle calling in. Hey Kyle. Good Kyle, sir. I got, I'd like to welcome to the. I got I'd like to welcome to the show Thomas Prater, back at Talladega this weekend. Welcome, uh, Thomas. How y'all doing? Man, Thomas, we're doing good, man. Uh, I know you're busy, Thomas, because you, you'll be in uh, Talladega in the morning with Max Force Group. Yeah, we're actually a little ahead of the game, uh, um, unlike usual. Uh, we're probably about an hour out of Talladega right now, so uh, we'll be able to get a good night's rest and be ready for them tomorrow. Hey, uh, Thomas, I'm going to throw you over to Kyle. Kyle I'm going to let you go ahead and grab Thomas here. Uh, He's going to be in the number nine Max Force. Because uh, Thomas, uh, Kyle's up in PA covering some dirt work. Uh, who is it? Uh, Christopher Bell. Kyle. Alex Bowman's here. So there's 28 410 sprint cars here in Pennsylvania right now. Bloomsburg Fairgrounds. Oh, awesome. Hey, Thomas. It's Kyle here. Um, you know, what's it like to. Uh, get back to the Arkham Menard Series this week, especially at Talladega? You know, it's always great to, to go back racing, whether it be at Talladega or your local short track. Um, you know, the Arkham Series has always been good to me, and got a lot of good friends from the Arkham Series, so I look forward to mixing up with them this weekend. You know, talk a little bit about your time in the Arkham Minority Series. I, I know you ran a, a few full seasons and then you formed your own team. I mean, I mean, what was that experience like when you were running the full-time Arca Series? And, you know, like you said, you're coming back this week and it's, it's a home race, so there's a lot on the line for you. Yeah, you know, we uh, we ran 105 races straight. Uh, uh, and then we decided to take a little break. We usually race Daytona and Talladega, uh, you know, once or twice we're racing once or twice a year ever since we stopped racing full time but uh you know we really put a, a lot of effort into our super speedway car uh we got a hell of a guy on the roof tad boy um which is he's been spotting for us at the super speedways for quite some time uh you know since we're only only racing one time a year 
I'm able to be pretty aggressive out there in the draft to get where I need to be. Uh, so we don't have to worry about getting points or whatever it may be. So I think we're starting in the back because we're starting by 100 points. So hopefully we'll be able to mix it up there the first couple laps and get in the top ten. Thomas, have you ever liked running dirt? Uh, since I'm at a dirt track, did you enjoy running the dirt races when you did an ARCA? Oh, yeah, loved it. Loved it. Uh, you know, I didn't do a dirt racing or anything like that. So getting to run at Springfield into coin was a lot of fun. Uh, actually turned out to be kind of good at it. So uh, it was a lot of fun. Always fun to race at the coin in Springfield. And uh, maybe one of these days we'll go back. So, Thomas, uh, how, do, how are you sharpening your skills? Are you racing, doing any local uh, racing back in Mobile? Oh, no, sir. We uh, This is the uh, first race we've raced since Talladega last year. So, uh, you know, we got I got three kids now and three small kids. So just trying to be there for them as they grow up and uh, just race a little bit here and there. Well, look, uh, you know, Thomas, and, and that run for straight continuous runs at, at through the ARCA, you, y'all went through several of the Unikids, and how rewarding is it to see some of those guys that have already moved on up like Adam with Junior Motorsports and, and those guys? Yeah, you know, really cool to see those guys progress because whenever they come to us, they really, uh, really don't know much. Uh, heck, Adam didn't even know how to put a tire on on his first, his first race at Daytona however many years ago, and look how far he's come from there. Um, you know, and, I, and I've seen some Uno kids that help me that are in F1 racing and um, JD Motorsports. And just uh, really cool to see them follow their passion and uh, keep digging with it. Well, you know, you and your dad, what's it like in the shadows of uh, Tommy Prater? Well, his shadow is kind of big, so I try to walk beside him. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, but no, he's, uh, he, he's, uh, he's very dedicated to what, what he does and uh, very dedicated into making everybody the best they can be. I, I, I've said it all along. When, when you left Tommy Prater, they, you knew what to do, and it was done right. And I, it shows. I mean, some of the guys, that, like you said, and, and some of them stay in touch with me. Uh, Thomas through that group. And, man, uh, yeah. with that being said, you know, a lot of these guys – don't get to enjoy being with their dad. That's another thing. You and, and Tommy got to work together. That's that's got to be pretty good. Uh, yeah, it's it's always been cool. Uh, you know, of course we butt heads every now and then, but that's just part of life. But uh, you know, being having him be there every step of the way has has been cool, and I and I certainly couldn't have done it without him and my mom uh, and all their help through the years. 
Well, Thomas, let's uh, talk about the people that helped you get this accomplished this weekend and uh, your sponsor. Yeah, so uh, I had a, a bunch of bunch of guys um, come and help me at the shop. Of course, uh, Craig Pickering and Brad Wallace and uh, Wesley Chappelle really, really helped me out a lot, uh, getting the car ready. Uh, I mean, the list of guys goes on. And, uh, of course, we've signed on. A lot of our local sponsors that, that we always have, uh, Judy's Place and uh, Way Distributors and uh, Golden Flake, of course. Uh, they think they've been on our car for 18 years now. Um, so just really cool to have them back on board. And uh, can't can't go too far without uh, saying how cool it is to represent our veterans. A legion in Mobile, Alabama is on our rear bumper. So just real cool to be able to represent them and uh, just look forward to this weekend. Thomas, where can they keep up with you this weekend on social media, my man? Mike Forward. Yeah, so uh, we we have, uh, you know, of course, my personal stuff, uh, Thomas Prater, and uh, we have our, our Facebook page, Max Horse Racing. So just, uh, you know, if you can't make it out there, just Check it in on Facebook, and hopefully we'll be doing good. Thomas, appreciate it, man. Looking forward to seeing you in the morning at 10. Yes, sir. Sounds great. Thanks for having me on. All right. Thank you, Thomas. All right, Kyle. The race. Had a break in the action here, so that's that's kind of nice. It's all just bigger at Talladega. Yeah, Kyle. And with a double header on Saturday and the premiere of the next-gen cars on Sunday, it's just going to keep getting bigger and bigger and bigger. NASCAR's biggest and baddest track is back. The Talladega NASCAR Weekend, April 23rd to the 24th. Get your tickets now at talladegasuperspeedway.com. All right, Kyle. You're live at Blooming Grove. Kyle Magnum. A little quieter where I'm at right now, so I'm trying to help you out, Rowdy. All right. So, uh, Kyle, kind of walk us through Blooming Grove there. What's going on tonight? The All-Star Circuit of Champions, powered by Tezos. 28 410 sprint cars here tonight at Bloomsburg. The weather has cooperated. We'll get it in tonight. And uh, we have two NASCAR Cup drivers here, Alex Bowman and Christopher Bell. Most of the posse is here tonight, the PA posse, they're here. And uh, it's not like they're time trialing right now. So I'm going to set the lineups for tonight. And then uh, we'll have the pole dash and the feature and then the speedsters as well. So while I'm tapped tonight, thank, thank goodness the weather cooperated. Yes, Kyle, I'm glad for you, my man. You know, I kind of wondered. Uh, you posted up a picture. Terry Burnham says, well, it looks wet. I said, Kyle's on his way, so the jet dryer arrived. Yeah, Rowdy, it's, it's yeah, cleared up here, and now they're on track. I hear them in the background. 
I hear them in the background. So, uh, Kyle, I got Bill from Red 38. He's calling in here at 630. So, anytime you got to go, you know, understand. So, they're doing the heat now, Kyle. Yeah, it sounds like they're time trialing right now. Yeah, that's that's what what it sounds like. So, Kyle, I'm at Talladega, but I did not get in to get my credentials to get in, so I'm just going to hang out in the North Park tonight. So, I'm going to go and check out some of my friends over there and uh, hang out with them the road and get my credential in the morning at 8 o'clock. Hey, Kyle, can you, you hear me? I got you, Rowdy. All right. So uh, what what time does the psych feature start there? So, Rowdy, we have the heats first. Um, I get through those. There'll be four of them tonight, seven cars apiece. I think what they do with the heats is they take the top two. So they take the uh, they take the winner of the feature and also the fastest qualifier from each group in each heat, and they go to the dash. And then 30 lap feature tonight, six thousand to win. Alex Bowman, Christopher Bell in attendance tonight. So uh, good to have them here and. Uh, it's always good to see uh, the, the bigger guys at the local short track. Well, Kyle, I got to see them try to race at Volusia in February, but the weather just did not cooperate, nor the dirt. It never come to them. They said the whole two weeks, because they had added new clay, Kyle. And, of course, you know how rumors go around. Somebody said they had... Halfway through it, they decided to remove the clay off of it, the, oak, the new clay, so they could get back to the old. But anyway, it was a supposedly a, not a re- really good race weekends there because they do two weeks of speed weeks. Big crowd too, Kyle. I mean, a big crowd. How do you, I believe it? Yeah, he was on mute there, Kyle. <laughs> so, Kyle, we got the General Tire 200 coming up Saturday, another doubleheader. Uh, you like doubleheaders, yes or no? I mean, would you rather, would you like to be a, I do uh, because when they brought Saturday, the, when they, the uh, when they brought, they brought the uh, Tampa World Truck Series, the Pocono, uh, they had the ARCA series afterwards, 125-mile race for trucks, 125-mile race for ARCA. I liked it personally. Um, I didn't really like them putting ARCA and truck on the same on separate days. Um, but, uh, you know, we'll have a doubleheader of Pocono in July with the NASCAR truck series and also the uh, Xfinity series. So we got that, and I know we're going to try to get some Williams Grove. So we got a lot on our plate, and hopefully uh, we'll see some see a lot of racing when we get here in PA. Yeah, Kyle, I'm gonna, I'm, I'm trying to get two, two weeks in on that deal. 
I want a, a two or three week tour there. When I'm gone, I want to be gone. I want to be up north, you know. While I'm there, I want us to get all we can get in. Yeah, Rowdy, we have to, and uh, we got to try and get as many racetracks as we can, and it's a very important, you know, especially when you're here to try to get you everywhere. Well, you got to make your buck count, so. Yeah, that's that's what I say. Make the buck count. Uh, when you're one in that one area, you might as well be able to go to a couple of different tracks within a decent. Well, you know, like we did when we was up there before. You know, one night was it. Uh, well, one day was at Lincoln. One evening, and then Mahoney Valley was the first night. So. I'm more ready to do the same thing. Let's light them up for two weeks and virtually every night racing, did not Kyle? Except Monday night. Right, we went to Lincoln, and uh, Lincoln was cool. We saw Christopher Bell and Kyle Larson run the PA Speed Week race. Justin Peck won the race. How about Robbie Kendall in second from Maryland? Uh, you know, also part of the posse, you know, holding off Kyle Larson, that was pretty exciting to watch. And, uh, you know, Lincoln's a really cool track to go to. And, uh, you know, especially with the Harrisburg area, you know, and it's not far from Williams Grove either. So uh, not too bad for most of the teams. So uh, Kyle Larson struggled at Bristol. Do you think, I mean, I don't know. He, he just struggled, and he, he's not a he's a dirt guy. How do you explain that? Not just NASCAR gremlins. Probably struggled, but it seemed like everybody else caught on to the grooves, and you know, Tyler Reddick about had it in the bag, and then the last few corners you know dictated the outcome of the race. So uh, just glad uh, you know there's dirt track racing out there. Hopefully the weather cooperates here at Moonsburg tonight, and I'm just glad we got it in so far. Yeah, me too, Kyle. See, we got Bill from Red 38 calling in at 6:30, Kyle. Uh, I just wanted to mention what kind of what's going to go on for the weekend on Friday night, Kyle. They got the big party, what they call the big one on the boulevard. And that's where the drivers ride on the in the parade, and they throwing out different kinds of koozies and beads and stuff. It's really cool. And then they take them over to another area where they put. I don't know what they chose this year. One year it was uh, bar, barbecue. It was wrestling in barbecue sauce. Uh, I, actually, I could get after they get out. We get Bill off. I may get William Cleek to call in and tell us about the big one. He won first place like three years ago, Kyle. And one of them, I think he was eating a raw onion. Yeah, a raw onion. All right, Kyle. Uh, Play this. While we're waiting on Bill, I got this little snippet of Kyle before. I think this was before he run Bristol. 
Okay, we will continue on with our availabilities on this Saturday prior to the heats. We're now joined by the driver of number five, Hendrick Motorsport Chevrolet, and that's Kyle Larson. Kyle, obviously, you have a deep, deep uh, dirt background. Um, maybe give us a, a review of your two practices yesterday um, and uh, how you feel about going into the heats this afternoon. Uh, yeah, I was um, pretty sad. After first practice, our car was not handling very good at all, but um, you after your second practice, I was really proud of my team because you know, they did a really good job with adjustments between the this, this sessions and um, you know, I felt like we were really competitive the second time and um, the balance was much closer so was happy about that the track was was pretty good um, probably as good as it could be I, I thought so we felt like we could run all over the track and um, you know slide around which was which was fun so yeah the heats will be I assume pretty fast paced and um, go by quickly probably a little hard to pass but um, still, you know, a long race for tomorrow, so the heats aren't extremely important in my eyes. Great. Thank you, Kyle. If you have a question for Kyle, raise your hand. We'll get you a mic. Start right here with Jenna. Hi, Kyle. Hi. Um, so everyone seems to think that, everyone being other drivers, that, like, you're the one that's advising NASCAR and Bristol on what they need to be doing and track prep and everything. But then on Sirius, you said you really hadn't talked to them that much. So what's been your involvement since last year? Um, the only person I've talked to about track stuff is Steve Swift. And um, that's just, I mean, when I'm here, uh, like when I was here for the late model race, races um just throughout the night i'd be like hey i i think and they, i mean he has got a really good understanding anyways but i think just maybe hearing from me or, or helps verify maybe but just like hey i think the top needs a little bit of moisture right now to, to help it survive or help it be racy just stuff like that um so yeah i mean even yesterday during practice like after after first practice i think i told him like hey you need to water and pack the apron stuff like that so um, but yeah, he's been the only one that I've talked to. Does he listen to you? Yeah, I think, I think so. Yeah. I mean, it <laughs> seems like everything that he's done, it's, it's, uh, I'm sure, I'm sure a lot of the times he's already got it a part of his plan to do that anyways. So, um, yeah, no, he's done a really good job. I feel like everybody has here. Um, I feel like the surface has been much better than it was last year. Go here to Alex and then up to the press box. Alexandra with the Charlotte Observer. Um, Kyle, did, has, has that top cushion, I guess, opened up anymore on the track that you saw in practice? And, and do you expect guys to be running running that line? Uh, well, I, it's hard to say now. I mean, the track is totally different and fresh from where it was in practice yesterday. So um, now we'll just have to kind of wait and see how the track develops, um, you know, during these truck heats and stuff. So, yeah, it's hard to predict the future with dirt. Yeah, I thought the track was really good. It got slick from top to the very wall. Um, there's no there's no cushion uh, here, but um, we kind of just chased the moisture up the track until it got to the wall, which you know was was fun. And um, I thought all the lanes were pretty equal, so it should make for a good race. Go up to the press box, Mike. Uh, Mike Henry, uh, Auto Week. Kyle, there's been a lot of talk about what future cup schedules might look like, maybe a street race, more dirt, et cetera. How would the schedule be different if if you had a lot more input into it or, or had the the major input into it? What what would the schedule be like? 
Uh, I don't think it really matters. <laughs> um, uh, I guess what what you know I I would think. I mean, really, I, I'm cool with the street course and stuff like that. I I I don't know. I mean, I don't. I think everybody assumes my opinion would be, oh, let's race dirt every weekend. But no, I don't think I don't think cup cars should be on dirt. So I would just uh, that's the only change I would make is really just uh, not race on dirt. Go to Mark. Mark Arrow, PRN. Kyle, you ended the year last year, four wins, last five races. We swap over new cars. Haven't had the start maybe you probably obviously would have liked. Just how do you view your season to this point? Uh, it's Yeah, I mean, it's been a, a struggle so far. Um, I feel like our this, our race car is close. Um, I feel like, you know, given different circumstances, if we execute a little bit better and, and get that – little bit better track position it, you know we could have had some totally different races um and then here lately it's just been a lot of mistakes on my part so that's been frustrating when, it, when it's on you so um but i feel like that's also the easiest thing to fix is when it's yourself so um yeah like you know i feel like phoenix we blew up but you know we were competitive atlanta we were competitive and got in a wreck um coda we were competitive and i just did a really bad job on the restarts and then got myself in the hornet's nest and, and didn't do a good job uh i can't remember I, I richmond we were we were okay and and it got a better finish than we deserved and then last week we were clawing our way to get some good transition and right when we did i i sped on pit road so like i said just a lot of mistakes on my part here lately which has gotten me frustrated but um, I've got a really great race team with really great leadership with Cliff and, and everybody. So I know we'll be able to, to get through it. We just got to you know, keep working hard and keep keep fighting and staying positive. We've been to a variety of tracks you've, and you've seen with this new next-gen car. Do you have, a, a, I think, a good feel for the car now, that kind of butt feel that you need to know what the car needs to go fast, that kind of thing? Do you have that kind of comfort level yet? Um, I, I mean, yeah, I think I feel like, I don't feel like it drives way different, so that comfort feel is not not hard to find. It's just it seems I feel like as we've gotten racing more, it's it's it maybe just the way the tracks have kind of the schedules laid out. Um, it's just gotten really hard to pass, and that makes executing that much more important. And that's where I feel like I haven't done a good job. So um, yeah, I mean, like you look at your your guys who are winning and they're just executing really good races and maintaining their track position all race long. So, and that starts from practice through qualifying and into the race where I haven't done, I haven't done a, a good enough job really to be challenging for wins yet um, consistently like we were. So just got to do a little bit more work on my part and, and, um, and just be a little bit better and, and we'll be right there. Over here, Noah. No, Lewis, TSJ Sports. Uh, just piggybacking off of Alex's question a little bit, um, you know, what's what's kind of the risk of, of going up top this weekend? Because it seems like with a new car, uh, a lot of toe link and, and issues in the rear. Um, so, you know, what's that kind of risk and balance? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I think when the track gets to where it was yesterday and, and dusty kind of on entry and stuff like that, the risk is higher. But, um, 
you know, if the track's got some moisture on entry, the, the risk to me isn't quite as much because it'll hold you a little bit better with the with the grip up there. So um, obviously, you always want your car handling good to where you can go anywhere, and and you know the safest part of the track is you know further away from the wall. But um, a lot of times you can find a lot of speed up there. So just like any pavement race, it's just you know you do you definitely have to weigh the risk versus reward. Any final questions for Kurt? Or Kyle, sorry. All right, Kyle. Well, good luck tomorrow. All right. All right, Kyle. Hey, good luck tonight. But uh, he says that uh, shouldn't have stock car on dirt. Wow. What do you think, Kyle? I like the rowdy. You know, uh, I think it kind of the grooves kind of widen out this year. It wasn't a one-groove racetrack, and, you know, it kind of dictated how the race went as well. Yeah. Yep. Well, they say they're going back for more. So it's it's back on the schedule for next year, supposedly. Yeah, it is, Rowdy. They already announced it. Yeah, I know, Kyle. That's what <laughs> it's back. So... We're waiting on uh, Bill with Red 38. Uh, I just sent him a text and sent him another reminder, Kyle. But they're tailgating now as we speak, so I know he's busy. But I want him to tell everybody where they're at. So, Kyle, uh, what time you go in? Rowdy, we're going in here shortly. Uh, time trials have concluded, so... Uh, I think it's going to be opening ceremonies and heat races, and then uh, the rest of the night will will uh, take place. Well, Kyle, anytime you're ready to go in, man, you can side off and and go on, dude. Y'all there? I just appreciate you stopping by, calling in tonight. No problem, Rowdy. I almost forgot to call in, so I'm glad I called in tonight. Hey, I want to thank Thomas Prater for calling in also. Uh, while we're waiting on Kyle, I'm also going to play here. Uh, we got Austin Cedric's, his pre-race, Talladega. So uh, I may start that, Kyle, and if, give Bill just a few more minutes. So, uh, Kyle... I'm going to be, uh, you'll be working tomorrow. I think here's Bill right here, Kyle. Okay. All right, Roddy. All right. Always. From, are, are you live now, Bill, at Red 38? Yes, Red 38 is live. The dog and pony show is up and running. Welcome to Alabama, uh, Red 38, Bill, Red 38. How y'all? How, how y'all, Bill? I'm, I am doing good, man. How are you guys? Hey, we're we're great, uh, Bill. Let's talk about where your location and what you got going on this weekend at, at Talladega Super Speedway. Well, we always have a great NASCAR tailgate going on, hanging out with all the all the fun people here in Alabama. 
We are on Talladega Boulevard, uh, somewhere down around spot 253 and 254, kind of in the middle, so to speak. On the boulevard. Yep, we are on the boulevard, so, in the middle of all the action. I'm telling you, Bill, the weather is going to be absolutely wonderful. The best weekend I can call for a race coming up. Oh, I couldn't agree more. I've been watching the weather forecast, and I, let's not jinx ourselves, but, you know, there's supposed to be no rain in the forecast, and beautiful temperatures. The sun is shining right now. It's super comfortable. People are starting to get out and walk around a little bit. People are still coming in. It's starting to fill up out here. Bill, I was uh, I hung out with you at Daytona Red 38. What other races have you made this year with NASCAR? Well, this is our this is our second one this year. Uh, it'll get a little busier in the summertime because uh, we are going to go back to Daytona for the summer race. Uh, we're going to make the trip to Loudon, New Hampshire in July. Go see our good friend up there. And uh, then we'll uh, hit Homestead. And, of course, we'll do the fall Talladega race. Well, I'll do uh, Daytona. I'm going to turn around and do Homestead with you. And then we'll be back to Talladega again. So, uh, we're going we're to be going towards the same path and already on the same path. Well, but, uh, it's, it's, always, Bill, what, it's always good to catch up with you and see you, man. Looking forward to that. It, it is. It, it is, Bill. So uh, I expect a big crowd Saturday night. You know, this year we get back with the big one on the boulevard on Friday night. That's pretty cool, isn't it? Yes, it is. That's definitely uh, definitely a fun time. I think everybody out here is getting excited. You can start to feel it in the air. People are sitting out. People are walking. Um, you know, yesterday was check-in day. It's kind of slow. Actually, this morning was kind of slow. I thought there had been more people here, but it's it's been kind of busy this afternoon. Well, you know, it's still early, but people make a, a full. A lot of people make a full week out of it. So Saturday night with a t- Sunday ticket, you can come in and see the concert. And after the concert, Bill, they they got a chance to go down and, and be part of what you got on Red Thirty Eight. But it gets thick on on Saturday night, does it not? I mean, it's just wild, wild people after that concert. Oh, absolutely! You know, and uh, you know, we we have a we have a good time out here, and we we throw a, uh, we feel we throw a pretty good tailgate. But let me tell you what: there's lots of cool people out here on the boulevard doing lots of different things. So, you know, if you've not done the boulevard, you can hear this. You need to come on out and check it out. And uh, you know, if you do the boulevard on a regular basis, stop by and see us here at Red Thirty Eight. And and don't forget, I got uh, I got Smoking Guns Barbecue out here with me. Uh, he's been cooking since we got here. I see briskets and pork butt on the grill and all sorts of good stuff going on. So, as always, it's a good time. And, you know, we, we just like meeting all the people and old friends and new folks. Everybody's welcome. So, Bill, one more time where you're located at on the boulevard. Uh, we are just about in the center Uh it's kind of hard to see the spot numbers, but, you know, down around 253 and 254 uh, is where you'll find us. But, you know, it's kind of hard uh, to miss our setup. You know, we got a we got a nice place to sit down and 
grab a refreshment if you want. You can't miss us. We are right up to the pavement on the boulevard. Um, that's kind of one of the things that separates us from some of the other folks. We take up quite a bit of space. And uh, out here on the boulevard where we don't have much in the way of noise restriction, you'll be able to hear us. <laughs> Bill, y'all put on a great show, and I'm looking forward to seeing you a little bit later, my friend. All right, man. Well, always great to talk to you guys, uh, and we're looking forward to seeing you. Stop by and see us. All right, Bill. Thanks a lot. It's Red 38 at Talladega on the Boulevard. Thanks, Bill. All right, Rowdy. You guys have a great one. We'll see you soon. All right, my friend. All right, bye-bye. Bye. All right, Bill with Red 38, guys. Uh, I just bust in here. And the race. Talladega the big it's all just bigger at Talladega. It was a doubleheader on Saturday, and the premiere of the next-gen cars on Sunday. It's just going to keep getting bigger and bigger and bigger. NASCAR's biggest and baddest track is back. The Talladega NASCAR Weekend, April 23rd through the 24th. Get your tickets now at talladegasuperspeedway.com. All right, hey. I got Kyle. He's already gone in. They've got the qualifying over with and uh, fixing do the ceremony and throw the green flag. I'm I'm out here. I'll see you at the North Park tonight. I'll be able to go hang out with y'all here in just a little bit. Uh, but I had off pre race here, the pre Talladega, and I we got a recording on that, and I want to play it. We are joined this afternoon by Austin Sendrick, driver of the number two Menards Ford Mustang in the NASCAR Cup Series, headed off to Talladega this weekend. If you've got a question for Austin, raise your hand. We'll get to as many as we can over the next 15 minutes here. So let's kick it off here, Austin. We'll just go right into questions. We'll start with Rob Tiongson. Go ahead, Rob. Thank you, Dan, and thank you for joining us today, Austin. A couple of questions, if I may. You know, obviously, the, the Ford performance teams have been really good at super speedway racing, and obviously, you're coming off the Daytona 500 victory. So, first of all, what is it about Team Penske and Ford that's such a great combination at these big super speedway races? Yeah, obviously, it takes a lot of execution and, and sometimes positioning and sometimes luck at the, at the speedway races to obviously be there at the end and, and, and have a shot to win the race. But um, one of those pieces is, is obviously – you know, having fast cars and, 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 you know, I think the engine shop puts a lot of effort in, into these types of races as, as well as our team, whether if that's from a strategy standpoint, a driving standpoint, you know, I feel like, you know, our two senior drivers, Ryan and Joey, are two, two, two of the best at, at this type of racing. So, I mean, you look at Talladega, I think, I think six of the 12 wins Penske has at Talladega are from Joey and Ryan. So those guys are obviously really capable of getting that done and um, learning from that and understanding, you know, how, how I how I can best do my part. And, um, I, I think you, you collaborate that with uh, a lot of really quality cars in the Ford camp. Um, I, I think that's that's why you see a lot of Fords at the front. And uh, I think we work well together, and it's obviously proven success. Certainly. My last question is, you know, obviously we're a quarter of the way through this, this Cup season. You've got the Daytona win, but what would you give yourself grade-wise for the first nine races and these next nine races ahead? Um, I think some things have been better than I thought, and other things have been, you know, probably more challenged. Like the funny thing walking out of the track last week is that I don't think 
anyone in this group or this room or uh, probably under the roof of this building would have thought that my Bristol dirt race, uh, I would have run legitimately better than I did at Phoenix. Um, so <laughs> I think I think those things show that there's uh, there's a lot of changes and a lot of newness and a lot of things, um, a lot of moving parts and a lot of challenges um, as a rookie in the Cup Series. Kind of knew that going in, but um, it's one of those deals that you just have to have to be able to learn and adapt and best prepare yourself possible. So uh, I'm not sure I'd, I'd give myself a grade, but uh, I do think there's been a lot of progress, you know, whether if that's on the racetrack or off the racetrack, you know, with the team trying to build something. So um, that, that's been that's been a fun process to be a part of. Every day is not easy, but um, it, it's certainly rewarding on the good days. Thanks, AC. Have a great weekend. Thanks, man. All right. Thanks, Rob. I want to go to Bob Pockers because I know he's in the airport traveling. So, Bob, um, I don't know if your connection is good, but if you've got a question for Austin, why don't you go ahead and ask? All right. I think you got me. Yeah, I got uh, I'm curious. Uh, you know, everybody says, you know, you win a race, get in the playoffs with all the winners this year. Are you looking at points at all among winners? Do you feel like pressure that you're going to get a second win? Yeah, obviously, a second win certainly uh, cancels out a lot of that conversation. Um, you know, the thing I do look at from from our standpoint is that uh, we're above the top 16 in points. Um, you know, we've been solidly above the top 16 in points. So um, whether whether it's you know you look at it, if okay, everybody in the playoff picture has a win, okay, we will still have more points than those that are not in the top 16. So for, from that standpoint, um, I, I think we just have to keep operating as usual yeah i completely agree a second win pretty much cancels out anything uh for, from from keeping us out of the playoffs and, and obviously that's what you try and do every week but um yeah it, it's certainly a conversation that's, that's worth looking at and um we can't just go all out and and, and not care about points because because points are certainly important but it's also important for, for lining you up in the playoff picture uh beforehand so i'm not sure it changes much other than you know some days um could be maybe pressure filled or um, but uh, it's a lot of a lot of the best ways to cancel that out, like you said, is to win another race. And do you, or how much in preparation for tracks that you're going to that are also in the playoffs, do you guys talk about playoffs? Um, I, I think we're, we work on a week-to-week basis. Obviously, you know, you look at Martinsville and Phoenix as, as two obviously incredibly important races to the schedule, whether that's you know, for me, for the organization, for my teammates, obviously I've got two teammates that are, that are championship capable drivers. And um, I, I think those races are really important to them. Um, and, and I think as a company, we have to recognize that if we want to have a chance to win a championship, we got to be good at least those two racetracks specifically. So um, I, I think that's important for us as a company. So uh, from, from that standpoint, yes. Uh, and from honestly, the standpoint of all tracks that you'll return to, you know, you think about, the challenges every team and driver has been faced with with going to these tracks with very limited practice, uh, with very limited knowledge on the car. You know, I can just look at you know, having the three short tracks really back to back to back, um, understanding the tire a little bit better, understanding, you know, even even though things don't really transfer from Martinsville to Richmond, like you can still take things away from those racetracks and take trends away. So uh, I think everybody's looking for, for the smallest amount of information they can to, to try and progress their stuff forward. So I think we're all looking forward to going back to tracks a second time. All right. Thanks, Bob. Let's, uh, let's go in order here. Dustin Long, you're up next. Go ahead. Thanks. Hey, Austin, with your prep work for this weekend, are you looking at video from, 
Atlanta? Are you looking at Daytona? Or are you looking more primarily at last year's Talladega races because it's that track? Or how are you looking at, what are you looking at in terms of your video preparation? What races? Yeah, pretty much wrapped up all my all my film prep for the week and whether if it's with my spotter or the team. Um, yeah, looking at Daytona. I mean, there's so many unknowns going to Daytona. Kind of have to remind yourself of, of not only the car and the things that you learn throughout speed weeks, but also the fact that Talladega is a different racetrack, still being able to keep it on your mind, but also Daytona, you're going to race different because everyone kind of looks at it as an exhibition. So, you know, there's, there's a lot of times in the race where guys will be making, you know, moves that aren't necessarily for points or, or trying to win stages or lag back or, you know, a lot of, a lot of the final stages of the race, everyone was saving fuel. So, uh, you have to kind of take that with a grain of salt. So I, I would say that Talladega, and, and, and now that the season started, there's a lot of people that probably look at it, even, even to Bob's question about, oh, well, Austin, you have one win, you'd really want two. Well, of course, but there's a lot of guys in the field that really want one win because they see that as their only way to make it in the playoffs. You know, we've got so many, so many one winners. We've only got one guy with multiple wins. So from that standpoint, I, I would see this being maybe a desperate race already uh, with, with business picking up in, in the win column. So um, I, I definitely look at that uh, as far as a mentality standpoint for, for my competitors, um, even in some stages for myself. Um, obviously, everyone's got their own motivations to win the race, but uh, I, I look at it. Uh, you know, Talladega certainly has different offsets than Daytona, um, and uh, handling usually doesn't come into play as much. But, um, yeah, I'm looking forward to building off of what I learned at Daytona. Obviously, we, we had a lot of strengths and um, try to build on that. And when you look at the, the Daytona film, uh, when you've done that, um, you know, what at the end of the day, when you had more time to look at it, study it, what did you do right? And when you were looking at that film, were there times you're looking at that going, why did I just make that move? Or why, why did I do that? Yeah, I think it's really hard to have a, have a perfect play race. You know, I think there's always things that you can look at and uh, you try. The, the hardest part for me, like watching film, especially when it's races that I'm in, it's hard not to w just watch yourself. You know, you watch the race and you go, oh, I remember this. I remember that. Like, oh, this, this guy was an idiot. Like, you, you, try and, you try and remember the race that you were in, but the bigger picture of, like, doing the film study is to watch other moves other people make and, and different trends. Like, you know, Kyle Busch was leading the lane, for example, and understanding, you know, looking at the data, looking at the film, okay, what's he doing to try and keep the lead? What are other guys playing with? How does that evolve throughout the race as people learn things? So um, those are the things that you kind of have to you pause the video and look at and understand and um, it's, it's a lot of information and in trying to figure out what the things that are most important to look at and think about, and, uh, but all in the same time, like I said before, keeping an open mind is important because I think with this car, like, I feel like there was a pretty good science to it with the Xfinity car, if I'm being honest. Um, whereas I feel like with this car, it, it's much more dependent on, on what's happening in the pack, uh, versus, versus what's happening with the air. Thank you. Mm -hmm. All right. Thank you, Dustin. Let's go to Jenna Fryer. Hey, Jenna. Hey there, thanks. Hey, Austin. Um, I'm curious, you just said to Dustin that um, uh, Sunday could be a desperate race. So how as a driver do you prepare for that, knowing that, that others might be doing desperate things? It's a great question. I'm not sure you really can. You're kind of just more of a passenger. You, you might just tighten up your belt more before every restart. But other than that, it's uh, it's that's about it. I mean, you, you can understand and, and you can maybe – expect guys to make mistakes. You know, sometimes when the pressure's high that, you know, people make more mistakes. Um, but, but at the same time, you know, expecting big blocks, expecting, you know, people to take runs when they have them. 
uh, those types of things are probably what you can you can do to at least you know prepare ahead of time as a driver to to maybe anticipate you know other people's moves. But otherwise, um, I'm not promising more wrecks, but um, that it's it's usually the, the the late blocks. I mean, similar to honestly what you saw kind of at the end of the second duel there. Um, these these cars are very very challenging to block runs and, and they're very challenging to take pushes. Um, but I think there's going to be a lot of pushing. So uh, I, I think I think it's a lot of the normal stuff you see. You know, especially your, your kind of Daytona end of the year race. But uh, like I said before, I, I think there's a lot of people noticing that. Uh, there's a lot of wins, and, and you have to win to make it in the playoffs with, with the way things are trending at the moment. And I, I wanted to ask you about you. Um, you have developed into a really good super speedway racer really quickly. Um, how did that happen? Uh, I'm not. I'm not exactly sure. There's there's one moment or one defining moment. You know, when I I would say when I first started racing stock cars and. You know, the mentality is that you go in, you kind of watch things on TV. That's kind of all you really know about it. And you kind of, there's no other discipline in racing that you can really relate to speedway racing. Like, yeah, you can, you can be a dirt racer and, you know, go to Bristol and, you know, think of some certain things or, you know, I can, I can go to, you know, Road America and apply some certain things or even Martinsville. Like there's nothing on the planet that's, that's even remotely close to what we do on speedways, you know, bump drafting, all those certain things. And uh, I feel like nothing really prepares you for that other than going out there and doing it. So I think the more laps I got, kind of an obvious statement, but the more laps I got at, the more comfortable I got. Um, and, and the biggest challenge for me is like, okay, I understand how to work in a pack and, and, and you know, what to do to get myself forward and the smarter decisions to make and obviously understanding your competition. But it's really hard to lead. It's really hard to, to, to change, change your mindset like a light switch because the moment you're in the lead, you're having to manage gaps. You're having to do certain things you weren't having to do in the pack. And uh, I think your relationship with your spotter is incredibly important. Uh, you know, the last couple of years I've gotten to work with Cohen Presley. He and I developed a great relationship, really great communication. And I think that mentality for me is carried over working with Doug Campbell. I think he's been doing an exceptional job, not just on the speedways, but uh, obviously when the 500 together really in our first race was pretty cool. Um, but that was, that was, I would say in large credit to the amount of time we spent together. You know, he came to a lot of my pre-race meetings in Xfinity when we knew we were going to work together. Um, and I spent a lot of Sundays last year watching races from the spotter stand. So um, I think that relationship is pretty important in, in being able to knock out the communication. Great. Thank you. Thank you, Jenna. Let's go to David Hoffman. Go ahead, David. Hey, thank you. Uh, Austin, you know, how much of Daytona can you really bring into Dega just because of, you know, just with the new car setup wise? I think setup wise, uh, I'll be interested to see how much handling does or doesn't matter. You know, I feel like you had you had times in the race where the bottom lane would fade at Daytona, even though it was probably the most dominant lane, you know, for restarts and early run. Um, whereas Talladega, you don't really see like the off of turn four slides that the guys usually have at, at, at Daytona. Granted, it's going to be high 80s, low 90s while we're in Talladega. Obviously, awesome weather to watch your race, but um, you know, handling wise, interested to see what how this tire reacts to, to the straining conditions, but. Otherwise, I, I look at Talladega as more of a speed racetrack than a handling racetrack. You know, some some people would argue different, but it's kind of how it's always been for me. But otherwise, car-wise, uh, I'm interested to see where we qualify and to see, you know, what gains we are we're able to make from from just having the cars longer. I think everyone's kind of in that same boat. So, be interesting to see who, who's done more homework after after kind of the first event of the year. And final question, just through these the first quarter of the year, uh, how have you seen yourself grow just with not only being a rookie into the series, but just with having to learn this new car? Obviously, it is you know new for everybody. Uh, I think you certainly recognize that the funny thing is you have guys that 
you know, say, oh, it's easiest year to be a rookie. And, and in some ways, I, I think that's based off of the fact that everyone's having to learn quite a lot. And, and there's a lot of newness with the cars. And that doesn't mean that I don't have habits that I'm having to unlearn as well. You know, my, my whole basis of how to drive a stock car has been in an Xfinity car. That's pretty much it. I had one year in the trucks, but pretty much four years of Xfinity racing. And that's, that's what I've defined racing on an oval period. Um, so I think some, some of those things you, it puts me in the same boat as just about everybody else. Um, and, and then, then you've got to stack on top of that, you know, what it means to be a rookie in the cup series and racing against the best guys in the business. So um, some days are, are, are better than others. Some days are worse than others. Um, and I think it's just a process. And um, in some ways it's, it's, it is nice with the new car because there are a lot of very humanizing days for a lot of different drivers in the field. You know, some days you'll be back racing for 20th with Martin Truex Jr. Like this guy's a cup champion. This guy's expecting to be in the hunt for this championship. I mean, he came really, really close to win the championship last year and they have bad days because everyone's learning. I mean, the highs, everyone's having highs and lows. And that's why I feel like the points are still really close. That's why we're having new winners every weekend. Um, it, it's, it's challenging uh, for sure. And it, it's just about minimizing those bad days and learning from them and applying them to make the next day better. Awesome. Thanks, Austin. Good luck this weekend. The racing, the big one, the camping, it's all just bigger at Talladega. And with a doubleheader on Saturday and the premiere of the next-gen cars on Sunday, it's just going to keep getting bigger and bigger and bigger. NASCAR's biggest and baddest track is back. The Talladega NASCAR Weekend, April 23rd through the 24th. Get your tickets now at talladegasuperspeedway.com. Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen. My name is Scott Cooper, and on behalf of Speedway Motorsports, it is my pleasure to thank everyone here in the room, as well as our audience that is joining us online, uh, for a very historic day that has been a long time coming, as we announce the return of at-track events to historic North Wilkesboro Speedway. Our stage guests today are on my far right, Steve Swift. He's the Speedway Motorsports Senior Vice President of Operations and Development. To my immediate right, Barry Braun, the CEO of XR Events. And in the middle, our President and CEO for Speedway Motorsports, Marcus Smith. Now, before we share today's news, let me quickly recap a little bit about how we got here. Last year, Charlotte Motor Speedway General Manager Greg Walter and several Wilkes County community advocates, led by State Representative Jeffrey Elmore, began working to obtain federal funds through the American Rescue Plan to renovate North Wilkesboro Speedway. Local groups, including regional firefighters, business volunteers, and community advocates, cleaned up much of the property. They removed debris, they removed brush, they tore down dilapidated structures. The state budget was then approved in November with $18 million earmarked for infrastructure improvements at North Wilkesboro Speedway. Then in January, at the 75th membership celebration for the Wilkes County Chamber of Commerce, Marcus shared the Speedway Motorsports vision for the historic facility. As you can see in these renderings, 
It's a restoration of the facility to a nostalgic but safe and modern venue to host racing, concerts, and special events, something that could once again become a centerpiece for the entire region to support business, tourism, and entertainment. Now, many of the people responsible for getting this project this far are with us here today at Bristol Motor Speedway. I'd like to please welcome our special guest from Wilkes County, the State Representative of North Carolina's 94th District, Jeffrey Elmore, and his wife, Laura. Jeffrey, where are you? There you go. Good to see you here today, Jeffrey. Keith Elmore and Eddie Settle, representing the Wilkes County Commission. Wilkes County Manager John Yates. Wilkesboro Town Manager Ken Noland. North Wilkesboro Town, uh, excuse me, North Wilkesboro Town Manager Wilson Hooper. Wilson, you there? Linda Cheek, the president of the Wilkes Chamber of Commerce. Stephen Wilson is here from the Save the Speedway Foundation. Ronald Queen, our operations director at the Speedway. And lastly, but perhaps the strongest advocate for revitalizing the Speedway, the widow of NASCAR legend Benny Parsons, Wilkes County Film Commissioner Terry Parsons. Terry, so good to see you here today. Now, we'd also like to send our thoughts and uh, prayers to no former North Wilkesboro Mayor Robert Johnson. He was planning to join us today, but became ill this week. We know he is at home and tuning in. So, Robert, we are thinking about you and hope you get better soon. And with that, I'd like to turn it over to Marcus for today's news announcement. Thank you, Scott. And, uh, you know, I just want to say again how thankful I am to all the leadership here from Wilkes County. And uh, you, you represent... Uh, the people of Wilkes County and really all of Western North Carolina so well. And uh, I know without you, we wouldn't be here talking about this today. So thanks again. Um, and I also want to say a big thanks to, um, to all the people, all the race fans who have said, you know, for years and years and years that they wanted to see racing happen again at North Wilkesboro Speedway. It's um, the, the passion of racing fans is amazing and so inspiring and uh it's just really good for america i think it's it's a fantastic thing to see and uh it's it's with that that uh that really we took the energy to be able to get to where we are today um, i also want to say a big thanks um, to dale earnhardt jr who uh, asked me about uh, cleaning up the track back in uh december of 2019 just for the purpose of uh, cleaning it up for iRacing. And uh, I think that really was the catalyst that, that put things over the, over the tipping point uh, to get us where we are today. Um, so big thanks to Dale and, uh, and all the people that he talks with. We, um, we shared the vision. I've seen some of the pretty pictures that, uh, that we've been sharing around online and with people locally about North Wilkesboro Speedway and the restoration and the modernization, a resto mod, if you will, to bring the Speedway um, to a place where it can be enjoyed as a, as a revived property, but also enjoyed as a historical property. We're really excited about that, and with the help of the state and local officials from Wilkes County, we'll be able to, uh, to put some of those funds from the American Restoration Plan to work uh, hopefully uh, later this year. But before we do that, I've said a couple of times that we're going to be racing at North Wilkesboro Speedway sooner than you think. Uh, 
And today we're here to announce that we're going to be racing at North Wilkesboro Speedway this year, starting in August and again in October. And we're going to be doing that with the help of our partner, Barry Braun, CEO of Racing uh, XR Events, and uh, someone who we've partnered with for, um, for a few years in Las Vegas, uh, here at Bristol and Charlotte. Uh, this is going to be a racetrack revival, and it's going to be an amazing time where we race uh, first on the asphalt and then on dirt at North Wilkesboro Speedway. And I think it's going to be something that race fans and drivers are not going to want to miss. So with that, Barry, will you uh, tell us a little bit more about the opportunity? Well, Marcus, uh, first of all, an incredible opportunity um, that we get to be a part of this. Two people that I want to point out uh, as we start this um, discussion is Nason Gray and Kevin Camper, who uh, have been huge, huge advocates of, uh, of us for a decade. Um, we started out as a little streaming company, and it's built into a number of massive, huge events now, which has turned us into quite the company. Um, so to them and to my wife Jenny we don't do this without her blessing um, next next month May 18 will mark 75 years since North Wilkesboro was built it's been over a decade since we've had racing there and we've discussed ideas we went back and forth Steve Swift we've had a lot of discussions about this track and what's important to the track it used to be dirt, but it's been pavement. And we, what is extremely important to us, more so than anything, is the integrity of North Wilkesboro. So we'll run asphalt first in August. That was my biggest question when we had these discussions. Could we do it? Could we do it with the track the way it sits? When they told me that we could, now, we're not pavement guys, historically, but we're going to be. So we're going to run a month of asphalt racing, pavement racing in August. And what that means, it's not, we're just not running on the weekends. We're running all month. We'll do practice on Monday and Tuesday for a certain class. We'll race on Tuesday, Wednesday. We'll come back on Thursday, practice, and then race on Friday, Saturday. We're going to take Sunday off if we need it, if it's necessary for weather. We'll use it. What's important about the dirt side is it's not just we're going to throw dirt on top of the old asphalt. We're actually going to take the old asphalt off. We're going to race on the original dirt at North Wilkesboro. That started as a dirt track. It's been 66 years since we've raced on dirt at North Wilkesboro. So we'll bring in, again, it's going to be the same thing in October where we race all month. Multiple classes all month long. Um, again, I want to point out, and this is one thing that I learned in visiting the facility, talking to Ronald, integrity is extremely important for this facility. Now, outside of cleaning it up and getting it ready to race, that's what we're there to do. Uh, I want people to, when they walk into this facility, to get the same vibe that, that I got when I came in. 
This track is full of a lot of a lot of soul. It is incredible. The feeling is unlike any other. So we're going to keep that in place. Everything is done from branding to everything at the track with attention to detail, ticket pricing, everything about North Wilkesboro and what it's been. Um, I've got a chance to even meet the folks here right right beforehand, and I can tell we're we're on the same page. And uh, it is extremely important to me to get this track ready when we're done in October. Steve and his team take over, and they get it ready for the next era. But we want to celebrate 75 years of North Wilkesboro. We want to celebrate pavement racing and dirt racing, and then we go to the next phase. So, Barry, with this grassroots racing return to North Wilkesboro Speedway, you're also going to be very conscious about other regional racetracks and things that are taking place in those same time frames. Can you elaborate on that some? So we've done a tremendous amount of research. Uh, there is a tremendous amount of local tracks within the state of North Carolina, South Carolina, Virginia, Tennessee, and we're going to do our very best that so we do not schedule on top of them if we can help it. Um, we've done that research, we built the schedule, which you can go to racetrackrevival.com and you can see the schedule right now. Uh, but it may not be perfect, but we're going to do a lot of work really fast. Um, we're going to have a lot of discussions with sanctioning bodies and, um, you know, local tracks. Uh, what I want to do more so than anything is support what they're doing, which in turn hopefully will support North Wilkesboro and gets it to the next era. Thank you very much, Barry. Now, um, Steve, I know you've already been keeping Ronald pretty busy. I think he's about to get busier. Why don't you give our group a quick update on what, where the facility is right now? Yeah, so, I mean, naturally, Wilkesboro has set for a long time without any activities, and Barry has seen that. And Ronald and the team that they've put together in Wilkes County with all the volunteers have really done a great job of cleaning it up from what it looks like today to what it looked like three months ago is two different racetracks. But it's aged, uh, the track's aged. It's got a lot of uh, cracks in the track and make sure we can run for a month on the original asphalt. Uh, we've got some things we've got to do there to take care of the asphalt to hold on to that preservation and get through a month of asphalt racing. A few structures need to be continued to demo. Uh, out of Ronald's expertise, so to speak, he's a little bit higher than probably what he can reach with the stuff he's been working with, but they've done a fantastic job of really, if you've not seen it in a while, uh, just cleaning the facility up. You know, there was a lot of weeds that had grown up and trees and whatnot, and it looks totally different. It's really exciting to see it because you really see that historical state of that racetrack in place. So a little bit of cleanup to do, a little bit of asphalt maintenance to take care of the track, a little few track repair wall areas that we've got to take care of to make it safe for racing in, in August, and uh, we'll be ready to, to go to see Barry's show in August. Now, Steve, talk about that uh, again, that show in August from a fan perspective um, obviously, the restoration will not be anywhere near complete. That's somewhere in the future down the road as we get those federal funds and, and work toward that project. But what can a fan expect if they happen to buy a, a GA ticket and they're walking into North Wilkesboro in August? You know, to speak on what Barry had mentioned about the integrity of the track and the history that's there, really just see it in its state that it was when it was last ran. So we're, we're really taking a minimum of 
place to go into to look at. So it looks like old Wilkesboro. It feels like old Wilkesboro. Seats look and are the same seats that were set in, you know, 20 years ago, 30 years ago, and just cleaning it up and keeping it safe to where it's not, you know, there are some hazards naturally that happen when things sit, but to, to really feel the old paint, the old Winston paint, you know, the old things that make Wilkesboro what Wilkesboro were with the red and white Winston red that was everywhere, those things will still be in place. So really just preserving history the best we can and, and not really taking anything out of the extreme to, to put new in for this race this, this year. And then looking ahead to next year, once we get through things, we'll spec out what the repave would be, et cetera, and look at that, looking ahead to 2023. Correct, yes. And naturally, after the October events, we'll, we'll open the next phase of what Wilkesboro is going to be. And, and again, still holding on to that history and really, as you saw in the rendered views, um, playing up what that historical value and the integrity of what Wilkesboro is and maintaining that with the new build. All right. So Grassroots Racing, returning to North Wilkesboro Speedway in August and October. Competitors can actually visit NorthWilkesboroSpeedway.com as early as today to start registering for the racetrack revival. As for tickets, we have a list of about 2,500 people who purchased souvenirs and signed up to join the movement, get put on an email list at that website. Those fans will have the first opportunity to buy tickets in a pre-sale starting at 9 a.m. on Monday through a special email offer. Then public on-sale tickets will take place starting at 9 a.m. on Tuesday of this week, again, at NorthWilkesboroSpeedway.com. And if you want to get really excited really fast, this is the first-ever racetrack revival at North Wilkesboro T-shirt, and courtesy of our friends at uh, SMI Properties, this will actually be on sale this afternoon and tomorrow at some of our souvenir stands here at Bristol Motor Speedway. So that being said, we've got a couple of minutes for some quick questions. I think we've got uh, a couple of mic runners here. If you have a question, please raise your hand, and we'll get somebody to you. All right. Okay. When we start, please, let's start here with Mike. Please uh, state your name and your media affiliation. Thank you. Uh, Mike Henry from Auto Week. Marcus, this obviously brings up a lot of questions. <laughs> um, do you see Wilkesboro being a part of uh, one or more of the three major NASCAR series at some point? And what about the, the last time we were there, the uh, getting into the track and out of the track on the, the roadways there was not especially easy. Is part of the plan some kind of buildup of the infrastructure going in and out? Uh, Great question, Mike. I think you know every every big event has a traffic jam, so uh, I don't anticipate that we will uh, be without a traffic jam on on race time when we go back to North Wilkesboro. Um, we are interested in improving the the roadways, the ingress egress, if you will, uh, for fans coming in and out of the track. Um, so that's part of really the the first phase of the, the renovations and the restoration. Um, coming up this August, it's going to be really a lot as it is. And as Steve was talking, it reminded me about, uh, you know, if you're in the classic cars, the classic cars that are unrestored and original are really some of the most prized classic cars. And I think that's, uh, you know, the, what we're trying to capture, uh, as Steve said, some of the, the essence of, the speedway, the DNA of the speedway that's there now is what's been there for 75 years. And I think this is a great opportunity for 
race fans to be able to experience that again coming up in August and October. Uh, as far as going forward, what race is there? We're really excited about uh, about racing with with Barry and his team at XR Events. I think uh, you know there's going to be a lot of classes that will give lots of racers from all over the country. Uh, we'll, I wouldn't doubt if we have some international drivers that want to come in and compete at the historic North Wilkesboro track. Going forward, I think that it would be a perfect place for the NASCAR Truck Series to go and uh, enjoy. The, the classic track in a, in a great uh, setting in Wilkes County. Okay, let's come here. Sedegger kicking the tires. Uh, Marcus, you mentioned Dale Jr. was a catalyst for helping get all of this off the ground. How much did him and the track's addition to iRacing help boost the popularity for the track for a new generation? Uh, you know, I think that iRacing is a, is a fantastic um, kind of new development in the, in the racing world. It's, it's been, um, what, maybe 15 years uh, to an overnight success for iRacing, so it's not really all that new, but it certainly has exploded over the last couple of years. And uh, Dale Jr.'s involvement in it was um, uh, particularly helpful just when you know, he had the idea to scan it into the system, and and then we talked about that on his on his uh, podcast, and that really uh, ramped things up. But there was a lot of support, uh, you know, race fans, uh, the Save the Speedway effort, and uh, local officials. Just everybody has had a, a tremendous interest in the potential revival of North Wilkesboro Speedway for quite some time. Bob? Bob Parker, Fox Sports 2 for Marcus. First, when would the repave be complete? Like, would you be able to race on it in 2023? And then why why not Xfinity and why not Cup? Why wouldn't North Wilkesboro be the perfect place for those series? Yeah. Um, as far as the pavement being ready, I, I doubt it. I mean, it, we, we could if we had to, but um, we'll be working on We've, we've already started working on the schedule for next year, so um, we'll see if uh, what, what we get done for next year. We still have to have, um, you know, all of the the details uh, and the loops closed up on the actual funding from the uh, the AR, ARP fund. So um, there are a lot of a lot of details to close up. That's why this opportunity to uh, to work with Barry and his team on this year's races before we start the project is particularly exciting. And, um, and why not Cup and Xfinity? You know, I think that um, the, the infrastructure there, the, the size of the facility is just not um, uh, what we would, uh, we would put on the schedule for Cup and Xfinity at this time. Alexandria with the Charlotte Observer. Um, for Marcus also, would, would the schedule for these events be conducive to allowing, you know, um, Xfinity or Cup or Truck Series NASCAR drivers to participate in some of the events in, in August or October? It's a great question. I think, I think yes. Um, you know, Barry, I mentioned when you, you look at August and October and you've got a full month of racing, there are lots of dates on the calendar. Uh, we anticipate that there will be some uh, professional drivers that will come in uh, from the, the bigger series like 
Cup, Xfinity, and Truck. And um, like I said, I wouldn't be surprised to see racers come in from around the world. Would Dale Earnhardt be one of the junior be one of them? <laughs> maybe, maybe. I don't know. Uh, he's got a he's got a short track team. He's got um, some cars. Yeah, who knows? Yeah. Thank you. All right, let's go to Mark. Mark Carroll, PRN. Marcus, were you surprised at all by the like underneath the surface support there was in Wilkes County that was just waiting to be sort of tapped into or to be given notice and they were ready to roll and, and try to make this happen? Well, I got to say, I was, I was so impressed with all of the, the support uh, from Wilkes County. I had a chance to uh, go up to, um, to an event uh, with the, um, the Commission Visitors Bureau, um, Am I saying that right? Is the Commission Visitors Bureau? Chamber. The Chamber. Yeah. It was uh, the Wilkes Chamber event um, just a couple months ago, and the turnout was amazing. The, um, the food was great, too. Thank you very much. <laughs> the entertainment was fantastic. And um, so, I, you know, I wasn't surprised. I was just really impressed uh, with everything that's, uh, that's, that's happening in uh, and around Wilkes County, it's just uh, really fantastic. So I think, you know, for me, I I just thought, what a what an awesome opportunity this is to revive um, this historic landmark and such a jewel in uh, Western North Carolina. And I think that's why, um, you know, Governor Cooper is supporting this initiative as well in North Carolina because he sees the the jewel that, that North Wilkesboro Speedway is for Western North Carolina. Okay, let's go to Jordan, and then we'll go up to the press box with a question. Jordan Bianchi, The Athletic. Uh, Marcus, um, have you spoken to NASCAR about a truck series race and what steps you would need to take to get a race there? And then I have a follow-up. Uh, I haven't. Have you talked to NASCAR about that, Steve? <laughs> We've been really keeping it secret until right now, so today's the yeah. outbreak day we can start yeah. having conversations. Yeah. We're we're just uh, you know we're not there yet, so we're 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 definitely excited and focused about being able to race this year, and uh, feel like you know that's such a it's way beyond our expectations. I didn't think we'd be racing there until you know 23 at the earliest, maybe 24, but uh, you know thanks to Barry and Steve. And our crew, kind of the, the can-do spirit has come through, and we're able to deliver some, some fantastic historical racing events uh, for fans this year. Looking at the timeline, what do you think would be the earliest that North Wilkesboro could host a NASCAR National Series race? I think, it, you know, conservatively, we should say 24. Um, that would maybe be fast on a lot of people's timeline, but um, it, it's hard to say. Yeah, a lot. There's a lot to do. We have... Great pictures to show you on the screen, but uh, you know, pictures are just the beginning. You've got a there's a lot of work that has to be done between uh, you know now and then. Yeah. And to give a little additional clarity to something that was mentioned earlier, um, the the uh, American Rescue Fund is federal money, which still has to work its way down to the state, and then it has to come through the county before it can be allocated for some of these projects. So at the earliest. Some of those monies may be available by early summer. That's the latest update that we have. So obviously to reach what the vision is, and that's the goal, 
it's going to take a little while for us to get there. So, um, you know, certainly would want that vision to be fulfilled before we could bring a NASCAR truck race there and have those discussions. Let's go up to the press box for one last question from Lee, and then we'll wrap it up. Thank you, Lee Spencer, RacingBoys.com. Just curious, Mark, this, has there been any progress on the Nashville Fairgrounds? Thank you, Lee. Um, yes, we, um, we continue to work on the Nashville Fairgrounds Speedway project. Uh, I want to say a big thanks to Jerry Caldwell and, and his team here um, and all the work we've done there. Um, Jerry and Steve uh, and Julie and a number of others have made I don't know how many trips between Bristol and uh, Nashville. Uh, we had uh, a meeting recently again with Mayor Cooper to, to talk further about the project. We've got a few more details to cover, but um, you know, progress is certainly slower than I think anybody would like, but we are making progress. Okay. I did miss Matt. Let's get to one last question here. Matt Weaver, Racing America. This is for really all of you guys. But whether for the, the pavement races in August or the dirt races in October, will that be entirely uh, sanctioned in-house, or are you guys talking to other sanctioning bodies, whether on the pavement side or the dirt side? So we've had to keep it under wraps. So um, there hasn't been any discussions yet, but the floor is open. So if, if, if it would work out, absolutely. Uh, it's just one event at a time in a number of events throughout each month. So, yes, if there's interest there from sanctioning bodies, we certainly would talk to them. And I'm sure the floodgates will open now, so we'll have to work extremely fast, but we'll get it done. Well, ladies and gentlemen, that's going to conclude our news announcement today. Again, we'd like to thank of our, all of our guests on the stage, especially our guests coming from Wilkes County. Thank you very much. Glad to have you here. And hope you enjoy the rest of your weekend. All right. Hey, what's some big news there? You know, everybody said, let's bring it back. It's here. It almost fell into disarray. I'm talking about severe. But it looks like they've... Uh, I've watched the progress clean up, and it, it, it really looks nice. So right there is the progress and the way they're going to try to run this this year. But, listen, I'd like to thank everybody at Talladega Super Speedway, Russell Brennan, uh, Taryn, uh, Chelsea, looking forward to seeing everybody. Cody Smith, looking forward to seeing you. All the people at Big Bill's Garage, and come out and check us out. Uh, it's just going to be absolutely one heck of a weekend, and the weather is going to be fine. Uh, we'll be at Big Bill's Garage on Saturday and Sunday. We're going to do a post-race show each night after the race on Saturday night and Sunday evening, so stay tuned. The racing, the big one, the camping, it's all just bigger at Talladega. And with a doubleheader on Saturday and the premiere of the next-gen cars on Sunday, it's just going to keep getting bigger and bigger and bigger. NASCAR's biggest and baddest track is back. The Talladega NASCAR Weekend, April 23rd through the 24th. Get your tickets now at talladegasuperspeedway.com. It's happening now. Hey, in the infield right now, I'm going to go. Make sure you go check out Dega Nation. 
spoons, tip bar, jar, jar, bar. Uh, oh, the Dagadoo Club. Check them out. It's the biggest party on the circuit, I'm telling you. I've been several tracks and nobody puts it on like Talladega does. Thanks, everybody. Hey, I'm at the track. Come out. Look me up on Facebook. Hit me on YouTube. Try to follow me on my TikTok account. We're going to build us some videos for... I need content. I got Kyle and PA. Kyle, thanks for calling in. Thomas Prater, appreciate it, man. And as always, Bill at Red 38. Go tailgate with Bill and his gang. You'll be a regular. Trust me. All right, everybody. Hey, I'll be on the boulevard tomorrow night and Saturday night. All you got to do is look for that light. You see that light in the sky? That's me. I'll be right under the light. Right. Mighty cross.